Good morning and welcome to episode 90 of the Quickie Podcast. Thank you for being here. I'm your host, Dave Hopkins, and today I got a fellow Canadian on the show. Today, my guest is Derek Anton. He's the creative director and designer at Graphos in Edmonton, Alberta. We talk about how at a young age, he really noticed design, but not just that something looked good. He wondered what the purpose of the design was. What is the marketing side? What are they trying to accomplish here? That's kind of cool. We also dig deeper into that, you know, you've, you've created a logo or a brand and you feel that you nailed it the first time. No bother to explore it. You nailed it. Um, he talks about how to dive deeper into that and move past just that first concept so you can present something else to the client as well or explore further options that maybe there's something that fits better. How to go deeper. We also get into knowing your strengths. Where do you feel strong in design? What do you enjoy doing? What lights you up in design? And how it's great to have the knowledge um, or know about other areas of design, but you don't need to be an expert in it. But it really helps to know some of it so that you can work with groups, you can help offer different perspectives, look at things in different ways. It's all good. Derek also tells us right near the end about the project he's the most proud of, and it involves industrial design for a Bluetooth speaker. Cool stuff, and that and so much more in this interview. Let's get to it. Ladies and gentlemen, my guest, Derek Anton. Here we go. Welcome to the Quickie Podcast, the daily interview show where we talk to graphic designers about their journey to the creative field, and we do it in 30 minutes or less. So, are you ready for a Quickie? Hey, Derek, how are you today? Good, nice to be with you. Awesome, I'm glad to have you here, man. You excited for the Quickie? Yeah, I am. It's it's been a little while since I've interviewed, but it's gonna be it's gonna be good. It's always good to talk about design. Perfect. Well, since design it's world. been a, yeah, since it's been a while for you, I'll be sure to throw you some curveballs, keep you on your toes. Yeah, sure. Um, <laughs> so let's get rocking. Briefly, tell the listeners about yourself. Sure, um, I'm Canadian. I, see, I hear you've done some podcasts uh, down south and in some other areas. Uh, originally, was born in Ontario and Toronto, and moved out to Edmonton, Alberta, when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, so pretty much grew up uh, a Westerner. And uh, yeah, got into, always kind of wanted to do design. When, even when I was a kid, I was, you know, I thought kind of, you know, where, who are these people that get to make these things? Like who makes logos? You know, is that a job? <laughs> can, can you do that when you're a grown up? So, uh, you know, always kind of wanted to do the job I'm doing now. So um, went to uh, Grant McEwen here in Edmonton uh, for, for university. And then uh, I've been now in the design industry for two, about 12 years. Perfect. So did you start as graphic designer or illustrator and sort of get up to where yeah, you are now? I suppose as an illustrator uh, to start. That's what my major was anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and although <laughs> I'm, I'm sure, as you know, there's not a lot of illustrating that goes on on the day-to-day basis <laughs> kind of thing for a lot of designers anymore. That's a, that's a pretty niche area now. 
Niche. I like yes. it. It just rolls and, off the tongue. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Perfect. So the, your, your path then, what, did you do a lot of drawing, I guess, as a kid? And that was sort of what carried you forward? Yeah, definitely. Um, always was kind of like, the you know, the artsy kid in class. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody, teachers always thought, you know, you're going to be doing art eventually, you know, drawing, you know, orcas and penguins and, ho- you know, <laughs> hockey sticks and, you know, like, you know, all that kind of stuff when I was a kid. So it's like true Canadian drawings. Then. Yeah. You know, like drawing, <laughs> I love to draw goalies for some, <laughs> you know, your favorite sports teams and stuff like that. That is cool. So then what, how did you navigate to now being creative director at Graphos? Uh, so I've been here over a little over a decade now. Um, started out as a junior designer mm-hmm. uh, out of, uh, I think my second job out of university, mm-hmm. um, and then just have kind of moved my way through the company. It's, it's you know the people here have been have been really good, and um, I've always had a lot of opportunity to kind of keep keep advancing. So so yeah, moved up through you know different levels of designer, and then um, when we had a creative director opening, I was asked to if I'd like that, and it's been really good. Been doing in this position for a few years now, so it's been uh, a nice transition because. I still do a lot of design work myself because mm-hmm. because I don't I don't think I could ever leave that the hands on side entirely. Yeah. Plus, it feels good to you know not just sort of um, you know direct uh, the creative, but to actually have your hands in it. Exactly. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if I could ever do that entirely. You know, mm-hmm. just direct only. I think you lose a little something if you end up just you know your your hands aren't in the mix anymore. Mm-hmm. That's my theory, anyway. I like it. So about um, going back to your childhood a little bit here, you had mentioned you did a lot of drawing when you were younger. Did you, Mm -hmm. were your parents or relatives, anybody in the design field that could sort of help you grow that? Um, No, I had, um, I had, I knew, well, my brother-in-law, he, his brother was a, was a designer and that's kind of, I think the only person I knew Mm -hmm. um, in the industry, um, so didn't really have, you know, artistic people around, but nobody, nobody really in the design side, which I always found more interesting than sort of just the pure fine art side of things, because um, I felt like there's, a, it, you know, there's a different kind of challenge there that, you know, even just that marketing side of things that I noticed as a kid, mm-hmm. you know, that, that didn't fall into the art category. So I had a little bit of influence, but really, you know, just kind of looking into, you know, what kind of work can you do? (laughs) (laughs) For sure. (laughs) So you had mentioned um, something in that last, uh, what you were just saying about you noticed. As Mm -hmm. a kid, you noticed sort of the the marketing side of things, the purpose Mm -hmm. of something, rather than just, oh, that looks cool, the Mm -hmm. purpose behind it. Is there one or two pieces through your younger years in design or drawing that really stand out to you as flicking the switch and going, that's graphic design. That's what I want to do. Um, do you know what? I think it was actually probably, it was probably a lot of product design that Mm -hmm. caught my attention more so than, than just marketing. You know, it would be seeing Nikes or, you know, Adidas tearaway pants or, you know, sports equipment that had, you know, the Easton on it or something like that. Mm -hmm. It was, it was kind of seeing these cool things that I thought were cool. And I realized that we all thought they were cool because of the logo that was on it, you know, that, and the sort of the marketing that went with it and realizing mm-hmm. at it, 
younger age, I guess, that uh, it's cool because because of the the branding. <laughs> you couldn't really uh, articulate that as a kid, but realizing that's why we all like these things. God, I'm so glad you mentioned tearaway pants because I have not thought about those in years. Yeah, I always want I it's I always wanted a pair so bad, but I I was never one of the lucky ones to have the tearaways, which is probably a good thing because I never got them ripped away in the middle of class. Yes, I witnessed a few times. In front of everyone, yeah, I saw that quite a bit as well. People eventually learned to wear shorts underneath, so it was okay. But yeah, I'm on a yeah. mission. I'm bringing tearaways back, Derek. Oh, geez, that would be amazing. Me <laughs> a pair, find them. <laughs> yeah, it'd be hard to find for sure. If you can find anything these days. I yeah, just, I guess eBay now. You could find some eBay, old... eBay, got to find myself some tearaways. Oh my gosh, yeah. <laughs> um, I want to know if there's anything, any design or any illustration or any piece that stands out to you as being you know, really influential on your design path so far. Um, I would say... Influential. I don't know if there's any one particular thing that I would say has been. I don't know. It's it's tough to say. Like, there's always something that that I've seen recently that, you know, I just think is the coolest thing. Um, but I'm trying to think back as a kid or as a young younger person. I don't know if there was any one item. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, everything ranging from, you know, going to museums and seeing, you know, different pieces of art and as well as kind of, you know, I guess commercials and things like that, mm-hmm. that, you, you know, in that sort of marketing sense, I remember being marketed to really heavily as a kid in that way. <laughs> um, so I don't know if I don't, I, I don't know if I can say there's any one really piece. I know that makes for bad podcasting, but um, I guess that slow seeping of, uh, and steeping in this culture of marketing that we live in that, mm-hmm. that I always kind of connected with. Everything just kind of like resonates through and you're sort of yeah, and making connections and realizing that, you know, you, there are certain people that have the ability to, to d- guide, you know, that cultural, you know, direction. Mm-hmm. I always found interesting. So when you're looking at an ad or looking at something, you, it sounds like you see, and understand more the purpose of a specific direction and decision versus the, oh, that looks nice. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think, and I think I've always kind of, as long as I can remember anyway, realized that that was the point of it. And sometimes of course you, you willfully go along with it. Cause you're like, well, they just did a good job. Yeah. So I'm going to go, I'm going to, you know, put my money where my mouth is. Cause I think yeah. they, you know, if you value that, that's what I value too. So good design deserves to be bought. Yeah. They did foil <laughs> on it. They spent the extra bucks. I got to buy that one. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, well, as an example, I mean, you're from Vancouver. So if you, if you like beer, Canada is one of the best places in the world for craft beer. Mm-hmm. And there's just this insane competition to stand out on the shelf. Mm-hmm. And so when, you know, when I'm shopping, you know, for, for a good beer, I'm, I'm gonna, half of what I, uh, what I pick is based on whether they value design or not, you yeah, know, definitely. So it's not always a bad thing to, um, to, to realize you're being marketed at. I don't think it's ever think it a bad thing as well. You have an appreciation for it. Exactly. Yeah. I think, I think it should be rewarded at the same time as, 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 as well as skepticism is, uh, is also valid. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um, so I want to ask then Derek, if there's some designers or brands that you look up to or closely follow and what about mm-hmm. them do you like? So the one that comes to mind, I don't know if you've heard of Fraser Davidson. No, I haven't. 
Um, so he he does a lot of design uh, work in um, in kind of sports branding. Okay. Um, I think he's I think he might be out of the UK at the moment. Uh, but um, yeah, I found him a, quite a few years ago. Um, just as a sports fan, you know, one of the things that one of my buddies and I always talk about is, um, you know, we love talking about sports branding and sports marketing just I guess kind of funny but you know whenever new jerseys come out or you know teams do redesigns or logo changes or things like that we you know we pick them apart and there's actually there's all kinds of blogs and stuff about about sports branding but um so he's he's a guy that I feel like has just done such a good job throughout the years of kind of staying relevant and staying fresh and all his I think all his pieces um just reflect a really uh just such a good eye for for that, and he really understands his audience too. For, for you know, for all of these projects that he works on, so he's one person that I really admire. That's a great one, Fraser Davidson. Mm-hmm. Is he on Instagram? Is that where you found him first? Yeah, I think he's on Instagram. He's got he's got his website. I believe he's been a freelance designer for for geez, I don't know as long as I've known who he is. Mm-hmm. But, Very uh, cool. Mm-hmm. So, Derek, I want to ask you a little bit about your process. You might not think it's unique or different (laughs) or special, but I want to hear from you a bit about it and what you think makes it your process. Just in terms of kind of, you know, starting, starting out from starting out, something uh, fresh, something new. Something fresh. Um, I suppose, um, I like to, I, I like to often start off. I know maybe this seems backwards, but taking a look and, and kind of be inspired by other people's work in, mm-hmm. in not necessarily the same area, but just, you know, the same kind of field. So, you know, if it's, um, you know, branding project or, or a web project or a packaging, just getting out there and just looking at some of the best work mm-hmm. around, you know, in that area and just getting inspired and feeling really creative and, and that sort of thing that's kind of what gets my creative juices going is, is seeing other people's amazing work. And then you start to, you know, envision things in your own mind that, you know, spin off and, and take their own shape. And then it probably moves into, uh, you know, the back to the illustration background, you know, getting back to, you know, pad of paper and pencil, um, you know, brainstorming word lists and, you know, sketching thumbnails and things like that. And then, um, when I feel like I've got, um, you know, enough that I really want to start seeing it uh, come to life, then then I'll start building. But of course, I suppose there's uh, a lot of research sometimes that goes into uh, the beginning of a process too. If you, if you don't understand your client or, you know, their, their audience or, you know, their product or service, then you, you can't really start either. So it depends kind of on the, on the project you're working on, but uh, a lot of research goes into these things as well. Mm-hmm. So very research heavy before you're sort of getting into the creative side. Yeah. And I think there's sort of a mix of that. You, I kind of do that together. So you mm-hmm. feel, you know, creatively inspired, but at the same time, you, you know, learning about, um, about what you're, what you're actually trying to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, we do an exhaustive process as well with, you know, with our clients in order to, to learn, you know, who they are and, mm-hmm. you know, what their goals and, and hopes are for, for what they're doing. So I want to ask you this then, Derek, when you're pitching 
a design, whether it's a new packaging design or mm. a logo and brand design to a customer, mm. what is your opinion on showing them one concept as the concept and telling them why it's the right one mm-hmm. or versus the here's two to three or four options for you mm-hmm. to work through? What's your thoughts on that? Um, I definitely prefer the multiple options mm-hmm. uh, strategy. I think um, I think if you, I mean, I always generally will have a favorite, you know, one or two, even if I show three or four or, or even five concepts. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think if you if you've done the legwork to build trust with with your clients, you, and and you can communicate well enough with them, you can you can tell them why you think they, they should pick maybe, you know, one, one or two of those over the others mm-hmm. and give, give them the feeling that they still have a real choice in the matter. But, you know, you've built the trust with them so that you can, you can um, kind of hold that sway and say, here's why you, you should go with this. Yeah. And, but still, but, you know, people still want to feel like they have choice and that they haven't been, you know, oh, you spent all this time, and, and and this is all you you know you have to show for it. Oh, most people don't realize, you know, the pro, the creative process and all the background work. You know, you oh, do sure. hundreds of you know hundreds of different uh, you know versions and things like that, and sketches and whatever. And you narrow it down and narrow it down and cut and cut and cut away. Um, so I think part of it's it's partly important to show your work almost. And sometimes I just have, you know. Let's say if it's a if it's a logo, maybe there's three that I think are equally valid, but they understand their audience a little bit better than I ever will. Mm-hmm. You know, so so we just have that discussion. Definitely. So, when, as a designer, when you're creating a logo or concept, mm-hmm. and you had mentioned that usually, if you even though you're presenting multiple, there's one that's mm-hmm. like you, that you feel is this is the winner. Yeah, my baby. Yeah, exactly. So when you, <laughs> if you're working on this concept and concept number one is your baby, mm-hmm. how do you push yourself to get to concept two, concept three, when in your heart, you're like, this is the one. Yeah. Yeah, that's tough because you get emotionally wrapped up in, you know, in one. But I think, I, I think, I think the thing with that is over the years, you, you learn that what you often think is your best work isn't yet your best work. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, when you are pushed, you know, over the years to, to continue doing, doing the work, you know, past that, you know, oh, I feel like I got there with this one. When, you, when you're forced in many circumstances to go beyond that, um, you know, whether it's, you know, by um, just, you know, uh, maybe it's your team telling you, you know, keep going this way or, um, you know, someone directing you or, you know, just want to see more. Or maybe you just feel like you haven't tapped yourself. Mm-hmm. You, you find that as you, as you continue working, look at, you know, I had two or three ideas that were even better than this. And so I think eventually you just learn to trust the fact that there's probably more in you. And if there isn't, (laughs) there isn't, but you know, likely you're going to, you're going to find that there was more to, to drill down and then you expected at first. So really it's sort of just trusting that process and finding that, yeah, you, you do have a lot in your, in yourself that, you know, because the creative process is not, it's not a bolt of lightning, right? It's a, it, it, it takes work. Yeah. And it's definitely and not linear. There are a lot of things that don't work to find, to see something that, Oh wow. All of a sudden this little, you know, this is working now, you know, and I'm, you know, I was just fooling around with something that didn't work at all. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden I see something that 
you know, has been hidden in, in that shape or, you know, whatever it is. So it's almost like exciting yourself that even though you did one and you're like, yeah, I nailed it. This is beautiful. Mm-hmm. You kind of got to go with that inner excitement to go, Ooh, but how much better could I make this? Yeah. Totally. What else could I do? And you know, and of course there are times when it's like that first one was we had a, we had this one client years ago who, um, you know, they wanted us to, uh, <laughs> to rebrand them. And they mm-hmm. essentially sent us a bunch of current brands. They're like, just copy these basically. We're like, we don't do that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, we don't, we don't, uh, we all do original work, you know? So, um, I, I had asked my boss at the time, you know, can I just spend, you know, a couple hours just, just see what I could come up with, with just something, mm-hmm. you know? And, and, um, cause I don't think we were going to go in that direction. And, and so it, we did that. And, you know, I came up with a piece that uh, they really liked and I really loved. And then they ended up, you know, we ended up doing a full brand exploration that was absolutely painful <laughs> with this particular client. And after, you know, months of this process, they ended up just coming back to that thing that I did in the first hour. Oh, boy. Yep. You know, so there's that, there, you know, there are those cases, too, where sometimes the very first thing that you put on paper is going to be the best idea that you have. but. Mm-hmm. More often than not, I think the the further you drill down, the the more you're going to get out of yourself. Got it. So, Derek, the next couple of questions I have take you down part of your career where you probably made some mistakes and you learned mm-hmm. some lessons. And I want to pull those stories and the lessons out of you for the listeners. Sure. Um, so what has been the most challenging time in your design career so far? Why was it challenging and how did you get through it? Um, I would say there was a time a few years ago where I think I was really having an internal struggle Mm -hmm. uh, as to as to where as a designer how broad do you need to make your your talents you know in terms of because now it seems like you know everyone kind of does everything you know it's I think some people think you know you can't just be a designer you know or uh you know you know, maybe a, a UX designer, you, you have to be a coder, you have to be a developer, you have to be, you know, a writer, you have to be kind of every, an illustrator, you have to be an animator, and all the, you know, where I don't think most people actually operate that way, but there mm-hmm. seems to be, you know, when you're inundated with so much talent out in the world, you feel like, I got to keep up with, you know, with everything and what everyone's doing, but, mm-hmm. um, and realizing eventually that that's, that's probably a poor use of time for myself to, to try and be, you know, a jack of all trades mm-hmm. rather than really honing and, and growing in the thing, in the areas that I really love and the areas that I know that I'm, you know, that I'm good at and that I, that I have a lot of room to grow in mm-hmm. rather than forcing myself to go into areas that I feel like aren't, you know, I kind of would hate, you know, that I dabbled in and, and absolutely despised. Like, you know, I'm just never going to be a developer. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a pretty logical thinker, but we've come to, to that, terms with it. You've accepted like, it. You know, I'd rather bang my head through drywall than do development. But, you know, but I work with great developers, you know, uh-huh. and, you know, and we have, you know, that I have that understanding of what they do, but don't put me, you know, in front of the key in front of their keyboard. Yeah. Kind of. So I think that was a real internal struggle for me for a little while was, you know, kind of figuring out, you know, where my value was and, uh-huh. and, and being, you know, being happy to grow in those things and to explore new areas that I maybe haven't hadn't thought of before, mm-hmm. but um, without kind of forcing myself into what I thought was, 
you know, the most marketable, you know, kind of qualifications as a designer. So really getting through that, you just needed to accept for yourself that this is my core, this is my focus. Mm -hmm. You can learn a little bit about it and be interested in it, but Mm -hmm. I'm not going to learn expertise in that because this is where I excel. Yeah. And I think, I mean, there's, it doesn't mean, you know, you don't need to have a bit, you know, an understanding of how, you know, many hats work mm-hmm. and, you know, occasionally put, put on different, different hats. But I think really just understanding that, you know, there are, you, there are a lot of talented people you can work with that are a lot better at doing some things that, you know, that you'll never be able to do it as good as them. Mm-hmm. And if you can find those people to work with, you know, you know, magic kind of happens with them because you, you know, you are, are really great at what you do and they are amazing at what they do. And when you mesh those talents together, you get something, you know, better than most people that kind of cross everything can do. And I mean, great for those people. Like I wish I was one of them, (laughs) you know, that can do it all. But, you know, I just realized that wasn't me. And, um, I've had a great time since then, you know, exploring new areas that I wanted to try, but, you know, didn't think fit originally kind Mm -hmm. of thing but really found a a lot of joy in in learning some other new things uh, out of that. Got it. That's a good one. Yeah. Now I want you to take us to a story about a specific design or a project that you were a part of that did not go well or bring the desired (laughs) result. Um, I want to hear details. I want to hear the story. I want to feel your pain, but I want, (laughs) I want to pull the lesson out of it. Okay. Um, so the one that comes to mind immediately, I, get, I won't say any names. Nope, for sure. I don't want anyone look, <laughs> keep looking. Keep it confidential, it but but yeah, keep it confidential. Um, and I think there's a there's a lot of stories that are follow a similar trajectory as this one. But mm-hmm. the one that comes to mind was um, a new company that uh, had come to us to do uh, you know branding and and a lot of marketing and, and web development and all kinds of things. Uh, and it was a really exciting, burgeoning new industry that, you know, has a lot going for it. And there's a lot of competition in that marketplace, uh, right now to get out there and, and to be, um, sort of new and exciting. So, so it was, it was a very exciting start of the project because, uh, there, when, when you ever, you enter, I think design for an industry that, that hasn't really embraced a lot of design yet. Mm-hmm. It's kind of just you know the horizon is is out there and the possibilities are endless for for an industry that hasn't yet delved into that. Mm-hmm. So it was looking really exciting. I had my I had a couple babies for for the branding. Um, you know they went in a direction that I really that I really liked. Um, I started doing um, you know there was even uh, in this case a you know a storefront things like that. So, you know, a physical space, really getting in a project that spans so many different areas, mm-hmm. uh, you know, where you can really build that larger brand, you know, not, it's, you know, not just online or not just, you know, um, you know, a service or something, but, pe- you know, people interacting mm-hmm. directly in the physical world as well. So that was really exciting for me. Um, so I had put together all kinds of work for that and even, you know, gathered up, uh, you know, some, some design suggestions for, you know, interiors and all kinds of things like that. Did, did a website design I was really proud of. Um, and then, and then the client kind of just took it and sort of just disregarded everything, (laughs) all the work that we had and I had done on it. Um, you know, 
was really happy with it, but then kind of just figured, well, that that all looked pretty easy. You know, I'll just do it all myself. And then <laughs> each one by one, every piece of work that I did got changed or altered <laughs> to just like a terrible piece of design that spoke to nobody but that one person mm. uh, who <laughs> who was in charge on that end. And I think, uh, I mean, it, in the end, it, ne- it, it never went anywhere. And I think part of it was because it, it looked like it shouldn't go anywhere. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it was really sad because it was, you know, you, be, you do become emotionally invested in, in the work that you do as a creative. I don't, I don't know how you can do creative work and not be to some degree emotionally invested. For sure. So, you know, it's important to be able to remove yourself to some degree when things like that happen. But that was a tough lesson for me to learn that, you know, all this work that I did will never s- see the light of day you know, from, from anyone else, especially something I was so proud to, to show in the end. Mm-hmm. So do you think that happens because, you know, whether it be a small business or any size business, really, mm-hmm. there, is there just a, a lack of understanding of the purpose of design? It isn't just, you know, to be something pretty to represent mm-hmm. your business, that there's a strategic purpose behind it. Do you think there's a lack of understanding with that? Yeah, I'll say with that's probably true with with some people. Mm-hmm. I, I think a lot of times, um, mo- I'll say most times, when you build a relationship with a client properly, they really do begin to trust you and see the value in in good design, and they mm-hmm. start to see those results. They start to see those that return on investment, and then you know you you're given more and more freedom to do whatever you suggest. Um, but I think there are just sometimes people who no matter how much you try to educate, just don't want to hear it. Or maybe they just want, you know, more control or, mm. you know, kind of, I don't know. You, you can do your best sometimes. And then every once in a while, there's just a client where you just can't, you know, there's nothing else you can do and you have to kind of just cut yourself out of it, mm-hmm. you know, and <laughs> save some of your, save some of your heart for the next project. <laughs> <laughs> Tough. Oh, I feel for you. Okay. I'm going to turn it around here. Sure. Derek, tell us about a project that you have been a part of that you are the most proud of, the one that just makes your heart sing. So there was something that I just did recently. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll, I'll give a preamble to this by saying I, I kind of was thinking about you know this uh, this sort of question earlier, and I was having a really hard time nailing one down because I think it, I, I always feel like the last thing that I did was sort of what I'm most proud of because mm-hmm. I'll look back, you know, a year or two years ago or, or, you know, 10 years ago at work I did that I thought was just the best thing ever. Mm-hmm. And, now, you know, I'm just embarrassed looking at it. And, <laughs> oh, I would, have ch- I would change so much now. You know, I can't believe that I didn't see this or that. Um, you know, so looking back, there's, there, I don't think there's anything anymore that, it's just on this pinnacle for me where it's like, that's the best I could do. Mm-hmm. You know, this is the best I'll ever do. It's kind of like that last thing that I did. I was the best designer I've been then, mm-hmm. you know? And so, um, one of the things that w- we're doing a little bit more now is, um, getting into, you know, sort of p- product design and packaging and all that sort of thing. And, and industrial design. And that's something that I've always kind of taken an interest in, but never really thought that, you know, my job in the graphic design world could really, how does that really cross over? Mm -hmm. 
and um, realizing that now that there actually is quite a bit of crossover if you if you want to go there. Um, so we we were putting together recently a um, a just a just a design concept for a Bluetooth speaker. Mm-hmm. So a pretty simple thing, but it's kind of there, there was no there was no direction for it. You know, just any like basically what would I want in my own house, you know, for my own toy. So you're and talking like a project like that was just so actual speaker. Sorry? The actual speaker. Yeah. The actual speaker itself. Oh, okay, like cool. Actual industrial design. So this is, like I said, it's is kind of one of the fresher things in my mind. So I feel like it's great. Yeah. <laughs> so I was just loving like the idea that I could take something, you know, a normal, a normal item and think about as a designer, think about design in a new way, you know, in, in a tangible way. Because I think a lot of times as a designer, in, as a graphic designer, everything is, there's not, there's not so much tangible things that you, you know, people interact on a, on a different way, in a different way than they do with, with products. Mm-hmm. Um, so getting the chance to, you know, think about, you know, what happens when, when someone holds it in their hand, you know, how do they, you know, where, where should the buttons be intuitively, you know, how should this work intuitively? And like, why does it, why do all speakers why are they all built like this why are all the buttons like that why does you know why does it function like this does it have to probably not you know so can i can i build it in a brand new way that i've never seen before um you know and we try to do that every time you know you're doing you know web design or branding or marketing anyway but this was just a really a cool thing because it was like add add on a tactile element to that too and it was um it's something that i'm really proud of the way it turned out and i and I hope to see it in my hands one day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> soon, so. That's cool. So putting together, you know, your first opportunity at industrial design for creating yeah. something like that. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, that was really fun. I know that's sort of maybe not <laughs> where a lot of people are with, with in the design world, but uh, I think there's a lot more crossover than you might think. Or mm-hmm. than I. That's awesome. I like that one. I really hope to see that product come to life. Mm-hmm. So... Derek, what is one design product, tool, website, or community that you just can't live without? Uh, so I'll probably have to go back to the basics. And I, I don't think I could do any sort of design work if I didn't have my pencil and, and paper. Classic. And, you know, and this is, they drill that into you in school. You know, don't just go to the computer and you know, start going at it. Mm-hmm. And I, I was always a little bit annoyed by that, you know, thinking, well, I'll grow out of that eventually. And to some degree you do. But I don't think I, you know, I don't think I've ever had a project where I didn't, you know, fill pages, you know, with with my trusty pencil at my side. Awesome. Uh, so so there's that. And then in terms of, I suppose, um, maybe a website, there's one that I just because branding is sort of my favorite part of design. Um, I really like the site uh, Brand New by Under Consideration. Okay. Yep. I don't know if you're familiar with that one. Uh, I just love seeing that the evolution of of brands and branding, and you know, you can see the the risks that huge corporations take, and sometimes they succeed wildly, and sometimes they wildly fail, and just seeing that process and kind of, um, I guess, stacking myself up against th- those things. You know, there's maybe a you know, a $50 million rebrand and, and thinking to myself, if I could have done a better job, it's fun. <laughs> but it, they're, they're always inspiring, you know, and That's you can fun. see when some, some of the best, you know, design firms in the world, some of the work that they do is so inspiring. So, um, I think sometimes we feel like, you know, we could never 
attain, you know, to these levels of, of these design heroes. But, mm-hmm. uh, but I think there's, a, we have a lot more ability probably than, than we give ourselves credit for sometimes. Awesome. Those are great ones. Yeah. Um, Derek, you've reached the point of the show for the ask it forward question. Ah, yes. So I've got a question for my previous guest for you. Okay. It's a fun one. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and then you get an opportunity to ask a question of my next guest. I'm not going to tell you who they are, but you can ask them anything. Sure. So, you ready? Yeah, hit me. Awesome. So, my previous guest was Steve Walleen. He's a designer, illustrator, photographer out of uh, Ultra Creative in Minneapolis. He wanted to ask you, <laughs> you have to choose one. Only listen to Michael Bolton for the rest of your life. Oh, geez. Or only ever use the font papyrus for the rest of your design career. <laughs> Which one are you uh, going to pick and why? Uh, oh, wow. So it's a would you rather. Would you rather, yep. One of these terrible, both terrible would you rather. <laughs> um, you know, Michael Bolton's not bad in small, in small snippets, but I, think I, don't, I don't think I would have a job in the design industry anymore if I only used papyrus That's right. forever. So if I, if I want to eat, I'll say uh, I can turn down the Michael Bolton to the lowest level. <laughs> You'll still hear him, just so you know. Full disclosure. You can't turn him off. He'll be there. It'll just be on low volume, as low as I'm allowed to in this scenario. <laughs> yeah, perfect. <laughs> Michael yeah, Bolton I think, for uh, I don't think I'd be doing this at, at all then if I, if I could only use papyrus. Yeah, exactly. Every new client. <laughs> hey, just so you know. Yeah, wait, um, I don't think uh, I don't it'll think all be papyrus. The company would be too pleased. <laughs> perfect. Derek, what is your ask it forward question for the next guest? So I think, my, I think we all as designers have... Um, you know, we, we have these visions dancing in our heads of the perfect ideal project that we've always wanted to work on that, that have never, we've never had the chance to actually do. Mm-hmm. So my question would be, what would your dream project be? Uh, you know, no holds barred, wildest possible dream job you know, and why? So what is your dream project that yeah. would land on your lap and want you to do this work? Yeah. And why? I love it. Awesome. Derek, I will ask the next guest. You have made it to the end of the Quickie Podcast. Thank you so much for being here. Great. Thanks so much for having me. All right. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Really appreciate your time. We ran a little bit over time, but you know what? Once in a while, that's just fine. Don't worry about it. Thank you again, and we'll see you tomorrow.